Hey there, Trekoff fans. This is Justin, and there are two days left and about 500 bucks to go in order to reach our goal to make Trekoff the motion picture at Indiegogo. So if you go to www.trekoffmovie.com, that'll bounce you over to our Indiegogo site where you can get all sorts of amazing things, including uh, five albums for $15 and like six hours of of podcasts that you're not going to be able to get anywhere else and uh and actually probably more like seven or eight and and be in the movie and be on the set and uh get your name in the movie and get your name i mean there's a ton of different ways that you can benefit uh and you can get amazing perks but you can also help us make trek off the motion picture so please go to trekoffmovie.com we only got two days left please give us a hand there now listen to trek off the episode you're about to listen to has lots and lots of harsh language, so listener discretion is advised. It's time for Trek Off, a two-handed Kirk punch to your nuts. Hi, and welcome to Trek <laughs> Off. This is Justin, and... And this is Alexia. And today we have a special guest, Mr... Grand Nagus Zach. Hi, Grand Nagus Zach. <laughs> otherwise known as Daniel Ross. Daniel Ross. What's up, bitches? Uh, That's Dan- a really good Grand Nagus, though. Just saying. Well, it's- Why, thank you very much, Alexia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Why are you wearing clothes? Uh, today, I'm we- actually not. We we have a wait. We was ha- I not supposed to say uh, that? Good because oh, that's my how goodness. it should be. Well, this isn't going to get chaotic at all. <laughs> so, uh, so we are here with uh, uh, with Daniel because he has just uh, completed an epic journey uh, through um, the show that I evidently am. What did you say last week that I had such a hard on for? Is that the way you put it? Um, and uh, yes. and and of course we're talking about Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. And I was on the phone with Daniel, and he was like, "Okay, I'm nearly done." And I'm like, "Yeah, it was great, wasn't it?" And he's like, uh... "Yes, uh, well." Um, <laughs> so, so it's so, called Deep Space Nine. I thought it was gonna be more porny. Um, whoa. Uh, <laughs> so the so getting into getting into the conversation i knew that about halfway through i was like this is something we need to bring on because uh alexia loves everything uh she's not exactly the quality control person she knows that um if it has star trek on it except if it has voyager or esri in it she's happy with it um <laughs> uh, i i on the other hand if it has ds9 uh, i don't care if it's a terrible ferengi episode in the in the mirror universe for no reason um i love it i love all of it so this is a perspective we haven't had um but before we get to that uh i would like to talk to daniel about um a little project that you're going to be involved with us uh in oh yeah yes uh what would that be justin tim payne (laughs) trek off the motion picture (laughs) trek off the motion picture that's like that's like star trek the motion picture that's clever uh mr a came up with that oh Um, oh uh, so what? He's it, very much, clever much like I came like up that. with NC seventeen oh one. So uh, tell me. <laughs> yes, also clever. Tell me. Uh, tell me. Uh, I'm witty. W- why you are the luckiest of all of us? Because we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing a podcast, and we're going to be being funny. And we went to a, a convention, and we got to meet people there, and I got to meet some celebrities. But but you, Mister Ross, um, you're going to be living the dream because you're going to be hosting a special section of uh of the movie that damn it, it i'm a married man 
<laughs> yeah, and I'm not. <laughs> so tell us, tell us about this section of the movie you're going to be uh, you're going to be hosting. What is it? Um, I, if I could say it in one word, boobies. Um, or if you had to say it in three, <laughs> burlesque show. That's two. Well, with the boobies, that's three. Yeah, oh, it's burlesque show boobies. Yes. Uh, so yes, boobies burlesque show. So specifically, <laughs> um, and not just boobies. I don't want. I'm so scared that our burlesque like team is going to hear this and they're going to go. Well, that's not what we do. Fuck you, Justin. It's boobies. Um. <laughs> this, you know very- what? You know what? It actually isn't what they do. Like burlesque is so much more interesting than just that. Like I love boobies. We all know that. So like I love that aspect wait, of wait, it. Wait, wait. You're saying but- there's something more interesting than that? I I no no. But there, but there is, but there is, there's entertainment. It's like a little, it's like a little show. Like, it's not even, it's not just about like, you know, when you go see like the strip girls, like, and they just like take their clothes off and stick their junk in your face. Like, it's like, okay, cool. But like, this is so much more interesting. That's so much more sensual than that. So what is, so so I don't have to pay for it. So I've, I've never been to, have you been to a burlesque show uh, at all? No, no, I actually have not. So uh, Alexia, what is a burlesque show? I mean, my bedroom as I'm undressing, I mean, I I don't think that (laughs) No, no, I'm afraid it doesn't um, because you don't share it with others, Daniel. So if you thought about it and you decided to do that, then it might actually be a burlesque show. And what she um, means about you don't share it with others is don't share it with others, Daniel. Ah. Um, <laughs> what, what is a, what is a, Alexia, what is a burlesque? Because I've, I've never been to one either. And, and what Daniel's going to be doing is he's going to be hosting uh, the burlesque uh, portion of the movie. So tell us what a burlesque show is. Well, I, you know, in fairness, I've only been to like one. Um, it was this little dive in uh, in New York. It was kind of awesome, actually. Um, like, because what's so interesting about it when when someone does a burlesque show, there's um, there's a level of personalization and artistry to it that is different than just going to a strip joint. Like when you go to a strip joint, like I said, like they just take their clothes off and they stick your junk, you know, their junk in your face and it's like, okay, that's great. And like some of them have certain, you know, a certain style about them, I suppose. But like burlesque is about having kind of like a little mini story. Like uh, an example would be at the one that I went to, like this one girl, uh, her show, she did a um, sort of like an Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden with like this, like her and she had like a puppet that she used that like symbolized the snake and it sounds oh, kind of sorry, quirky my and penis fun at the mic <laughs> <laughs> and so it's kind of that's what's great about it like there's kind of you can add a level of quirkiness and fun to it so um, is and there like you know sensuality so there's like my understanding is that is that there is not act often there is not actually nudity that it's it's yeah. more it, it's it's more the tease and along with that it's it's like a like like an almost strip show along with like a talent show mixed with vaudeville um that it's got exactly sort of, that it's got sort of that like combination of of you never quite know what you're so, gonna get so it's like a strip tease but with puppets <laughs> i mean it can be that's, that's, what, that's what's so great about it like it can that's so cool show. about it is it can hey, be look at me. i'm taking off my clothes <laughs> but not really i'm teasing you buddy wow that's the vaudeville aspect of it though like it can be funny it can be you know what i mean like but even when it's funny it's still sensual that's what's so cool about it like it's more about about putting on a show a sexy show to be clear like it's you know not without the sex but it's about putting on a sexy show you know what i mean and, it's and having always it be funny Star when Trek a chick themed. whips out a penis whoa well 
What? <laughs> I no, mean, I, that's not true in my experience. When I see other guys that are, you know sitting around and like a girl whips out a dick, they get kind of upset. I'm not really sure why, but. Well, and if it's not well, we've we've been over the big blue dick issue with you, Alexia. Um, and oh know, yeah, because my dick's huge. Your dick's huge, huge and blue. It's blue. And you have blue. <laughs> you you have blue digital Billy Crudup dick. It's terrible. No, no, it's sparkly. With glitter. It's, it's, if it's if it yes, yeah, glitter. I was gonna say it has to be a glittery. <laughs> wow. Um, so, so what they're going to be doing is they're going to be doing again, this sort of, this sort of talent show vaudeville sexy thing, but geared towards Star Trek. And I'm really interested in seeing like from a Star Trek point of view, like how they adopt that to the show, because that's sort of the theme of the movie is how do you take this thing that we've, you know, we're big fans of and that we really enjoy and turn it, we turn it into a comedy podcast. They're turning it into a burlesque show. You know, we're going to talk to Paul. They turned it into a, a, a fan film, you know, like how do you take your love for this thing and turn it into into this other kind of artistry that was never intended when Roddenberry like did the show. So I, well, I mean, in in regards to speaking to Paul, um, speaking of to Paul, it's kind of like every scene in Enterprise where she's undressing, kind of right. Yeah, that is yeah <laughs> the only scenes with her that are entertaining. Um, hey, hey, that's, that's not even true. You I mean, it's kind of true because she does have an impeccable body, but like still. I'm oh, no, I, I'd say by the end when she starts looking like a heroin no, addict, I, I it agree. becomes quite peckable. I, I agree. It's very peckable. Thank you. Schwing. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So, I I mean, as fun as it is to joke around and go, yeah, it's boobies. It's uh, it's a whole lot more. And we're dealing with we're dealing with artists that are <laughs> in all seriousness. It's boobies. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I hope they still let you host. <laughs> um, I'm going to keep my molesty hands to myself. Yeah, please do. Goodness gracious. <laughs> who you're, let, re- you're rather close to me, Justin. Who let Chester in? Um, so uh, so Deep Space Nine, man. Um, I I have to admit a certain level of, of dismay, which I've always had. Uh, Daniel and I, a, a good section of our friendship was, was spent... Uh, doing a rewatch of Buffy and Angel or what was a rewatch for me a first time for him um, and occasionally there'd be an episode of Angel that I loved and I go wasn't that great and he'd be like no <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was bummed out and I knew that DS9 was not um, it doesn't have the same quality as as especially Angel because Angel is much more today and DS9 is so much more a product of its time you, you it's 20 years old by the look on Justin's face I had taken like his favorite puppy to a Chinese restaurant it's it was tough it was it was tough to it was tough to to not have, like he he digs so much of it but then there'd be an episode i would love beer bad or whatever the episode of angel oh, is where, no. he, where he has to ride the horse in the street oh god um, no um beer and bad. and like when we would disagree it would bum me out because i'd be like how could that be um ds9 i was prepared for a little bit of of like okay it is not if you are with today's TV and today's TV is what you're into, then DS9 is going to seem slow. It's going to seem episodic. It's going to it's it doesn't have the level of intensity. It is it is today's TV in its infancy. The idea of doing a whole series long arc was very new. And, and so- yet and yet in 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 its defense, um, you know, one of the things that I enjoyed about DS9 was the fact that it's a 20 year old show and I really couldn't tell. Um, the effects were perfectly fine. Obviously, the costumes weren't dated. Uh, it was very well done for the most part, and and everybody had iPads. 
<laughs> that they could use and connect to the screen. So it was they're still even relevant. called pads. Yes, they're called pads. And I, I had no problem getting into the series and feeling like it was uh, relevant. So I appreciated that about it. All right. Well, I if, we, we if, actually talked about the iPad situation, like like you're talking about how this is like a 20 year old show. Yeah. And like now we actually have iPads. That's what's so cool about it. Like I mean, that, they, they didn't that, they didn't quite know what to do about it. I'll never forget the episode uh, of Next Gen where Picard is studying up on something and he's got like 20 pads around his desk. And like, couldn't he just consolidate yeah, his into pads? one? Like, like, <laughs> so they didn't quite know how it was going to work, but they they knew it was coming. Um, what I am, uh, what, what I am in interested in in talking about. Let, let's let's break it up into sections. I want to start first with uh, what I consider to be um, the stumbling block for DS Nine, which is seasons one and two, uh, pre Dominion, uh, uh, when when they're on the station and just having visitors. A lot of uh, of Leading up to the Bajoran situation, a lot of Bajoran Cardassian. Both those seasons were Bajoring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, what, what was what was it about it that that made it difficult for seasons one and two to to carry you along? Because I know I talked to you when you were there, and you were like, "When is this going to get good?" <laughs> okay, so so you know, I basically locked myself into my room and was like, I'm just going to fucking watch Star Trek because I had nothing better to do. And, uh, you know, I got into it pretty easy. It was it was easy watching. And I mean, I, I don't know. It just it didn't really catch my attention. But I was like, fuck it. I've done it this far. I'm going to keep going. And, you know, there were moments where the show just got really, really good. And I apologize, Justin, I don't have the same level of intellect and memory that you do. So I can't quote every line from every episode or know every actor. Seven degrees of Kevin fucking Bacon. That's fine. Um, so forgive me <laughs> if my my recollection of seasons one and two is a little fuzzy. But uh, yeah, Bajoring. Yeah, it's essentially it's it's lead up to the Bajorans finding out that the I mean, you could. Well, but was there nothing in like because I enjoyed you know, I, obviously, we've already established that I kind of love everything. But th that aside, like, I, were there no episodes in those first seasons that not even one that kind of stuck out as being like, well, that one was good? Well, no, absolutely, there was. And again, my, my recollection's really poor because there were seven seasons of all of that. So uh, pinpointing yeah. <laughs> stuff from season one and two, really, really tough. The only episode that really stuck out in my mind, I think, from the whole thing was... Uh, the first episode with Tony Todd, where he's uh, where he's playing older Jake. Oh, that that's later in the show, but yeah, yeah, yeah that's. Um, yeah, I mean, that was that is... was the point. Yes, that was the point where I was like, "Wow, this show just got really, really good." Um, and then huh. Mar Ferengi's. Ah! <laughs> so you know, wow. So the so the mirror episode number twenty five billion. <laughs> the uh, the okay, but let me ask you: when the first mirror episode happened, like. Was that fun for you? Like, did you enjoy the first one, or was it like only oh, they just got? I know because I felt even that it was like, wow. Did you, well, did you know the mirror universe from? Did you know the mirror universe from the original series? Yes, yes. Well, my mom was a huge Trekkie, so I grew up with Star Trek. I just I had never seen it with adult eyes, and my first journey back into Star Trek was actually an Enterprise, um, which I know a lot of people don't really care for, but I personally liked Enterprise. It had its really, I did too. really piss poor moments, but for the most part, it seemed very realistic and a natural progression from astronauts to Star Trek. So I appreciated some of the realism. So my first mirror episode was the one on Enterprise um, where they find the other 
uh, I forget which the model other, of the other constitution. Oh, that's class. kind yeah, of social- constitution class. So they find that, and it was like, oh, I'm giddy because it's what I remember. And then I went into the DS9 mirror episodes, and it was like, oh, this is redundant. I just feel it's kind of sad that that's the first one that you had because, like that mirror, that mirror episode in Enterprise. As much as I love Enterprise, what really irked me about that the mirror episode, like two parter in particular, is that it had like no ramifications. Like true, there was true. no that, that there was like, no there was no crossover. No people from yeah, there one was side no actual link back. Like it just seemed to be like, and now we're going to see what's happened. And and meanwhile, in the mirror universe, <laughs> like and then they just like stopped and came back. Like and we were like, oh oh. I guess what bothered me was like the people from the mirror universe always found a way to come into our universe, but the people from our universe didn't give a flying fuck. (laughs) They didn't go over there. (laughs) They're not like, Ooh, we can get more, uh, you know, ore and supplies from the same planet we destroyed. Uh, you know, that, that, that's, uh, Alderaan is still there from the fucking death star. I know different universe, but it would be there in the mirror universe. Uh, JJ's doing the next one. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) Jean-Luc, I am your father. (laughs) I don't, I I don't know. I have nothing. (laughs) I'm I'm like trying to come up with a good giant, like Jean-Luc Picard retort. Like, and all that came into my head, I don't know why is make it snow. And that doesn't make any sense. I'm serious. You know what? What would happen if C-3PO like meandered into the Borg ship? That would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh my god! That would be, you know what would be great? Actually, here? you would be assimilated. What does that mean? <laughs> Somehow my C-3PO I think a conversation like between him and Data that would be fantastic. Actually, R2D2 and Data that would be a good coupling because they wouldn't fucking understand each other. Data would. Be I like, disagree. I, I bet R2D2 would. <laughs> One one thing about the uh, uh, about the first two seasons of DS9 that I dug, and I think I've never seen it quite done this way, is the way they introduced the Dominion. They first mentioned the Dominion on a random Ferengi episode. Hold on, hold on. Chewbacca and Worf. That'd be fun. That would be super fun. <laughs> Just watch That'd them fight. That'd be so fun. Yeah. Um, but they they the way they introduced the Dominion on DS9, uh, there's not like a big, here's the Dominion. There's like four episodes where they just like mention them. They're like, yeah, if you want to do business here, you've got to see the Dominion. And they just keep dropping the name. And it, I kind of, you know, when I was watching it the first time through, of course, Daniel probably had already heard of the Dominion before he started watching DS9. But as someone who was watching to keep hearing, what is the Dominion? What's the Dominion? And then you get to the end of the, the last, where I feel like the show turned was the last season of last episode of season two, where uh, it's just Jake and Nog and Cisco on a nice camping trip. And they get captured and they say, we're the Dominion. And then suddenly a galaxy class starship shows up to save them, save the day. And as it's running away, two ships crash into it and blow it up for no fucking reason. And, you know, I always kind of wondered, like, who who came up with the concept of the Gem Hadar? Like, they're they're all just like killer crackheads. Well, they're, it's just like they need to be like Klingons. Exactly like Klingons. Except horny. Except, <laughs> except they got... They will give them drugs. Yeah, they're on drugs, but they'll behave. They're exactly. horny and they're always on drugs. They're not horny. They have horns everywhere. Oh, I see. Protruding uh. everywhere. <laughs> I see what you mean. Yes. Um, but, God, get your mind out of the gutter. But when, but when it has the crash <laughs> right into the, like that that moment when I was watching because I had never that like didn't happen on Next Gen. You didn't have a ship like retreating and just get a ship blown up for no reason. It was it was the beginning of the change for me. And that's why along and I say this somewhat for uh, the first season and a half of Buffy. Sometimes I go, you got to make it through 
to a certain point. In the point of Bu- with Buffy, it's when Buffy first sleeps with Angel. And and for DS9, it's when that gem hit our ship, just kamikaze straight into the straight into something that looks like the Enterprise. You know you're in a different place than you were in next gen, in a darker place. And I could totally appreciate that. It's just it it everything kept repeating itself, and and it just really didn't gain any trajectory for me. So you know, I like I said, there were certain episodes that I really really enjoyed. Um, the one that I mentioned before from like to- with Tony Todd, and uh, there was a couple with uh, what was the singer uh, Vic Fontaine. Vic Fontaine, like there there were a couple. The one with Nog, where Nog is staying with him in the Hollow Suite. And by the way, like what happens if you go to the bathroom in the Hollow Suite? Well, I we actually had a, a to, to make it even grosser. We absolutely had a uh, an episode where we talked about what happens if you copulate uh, in the Hollow Suite, and that that's someone's job. And like, that, what what if you're doing it, and so, right at that moment, someone says "end program." So there's a there there's an episode of Next Gen. There's an episode of Next Gen uh, with Pomka Jensen actually called "The Perfect Mate," where uh, where she has pheromones that allows her to sense what would make her perfect to whoever she's meeting. So when she meets Worf, she's like, Grr. when she meets Riker, she's very flirty, and then when she meets Picard, she becomes very intellectual and stuff. <laughs> I thought but, when she met Riker, she'd be really but, fat. Um, <laughs> but when she when she meets Riker, she's like. Like all up in his face and she's trying to seduce him and he rejects her and she walks away sad and then he says I'll be in Holosuite I'll be in Holodeck 1 and he walks off now that moment opens up a whole slew of possibilities of what's happening he's going to the Holodeck to take care of his needs that's what he's saying <laughs> he's going he's like she just left it's like when Al Bundy would be, be like I'll be upstairs. You know, it's, he's like, I'll be in holodeck one. So that means that he has to do that at some point. It's some poor ensign's job to go, to go into the holodeck and clean up Riker's bunk. Damn it. He could have let me know before it dried. I mean, it's just, it's awful. It's terrible. You, you know, what's funny is that I did not put that together. Like really? until, yeah, like for the fact that I, you know, you're supposed to be the the good one or the pure one, and I'm the nasty one. Like, I did not know that until like you said it, and I was watching it again, and I was like, oh wow, okay, yeah. yeah but like when totally. I was watching Next Gen, when I was you know when I was in high school or whatever, I now, did here, not think here's that. Here's another question. I, you I, know, I, I don't understand this. How can you be like in in the Vic Fontaine episodes? Nog is up in the hotel room. How can somebody also be in the bar at the same time? Well, I mean, that's that's a conceit of the holodeck. People get lost on the other side. Like, you're actually physically, like, a foot away from them. But it gets, okay. it gets even worse on Voyager. In Voyager, they create entire towns where someone's, like, up on a hill in one building and someone else is, like, it's it's dumb. Yeah, you just <laughs> have to, like, accept it and go with it. Like, if you, you, just, if you, you just think have about to go, it too much, somehow it, it works. And the other thing that I find kind of interesting about DS9 is... Uh, you could edit down the show if you wanted to, and you could just make an entire series of them talking to each other in tech speak. I'm adjusting the tachyon beams to match the radion frequencies. Well, I mean, that's true. So the way they wrote the scripts is they would they would go, they would go, I need the tech, 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 tech to do the tech, 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 tech. And then they'd call like one of their science guys who would just fill in where tech was. Well, when they wrote the script, they didn't even write those words. They just wrote, they said, quick, we need to do a tech, tech, tech to the tech, tech, tech. And that's all they would write. And they would make it so exciting oh too. Um, one of the job, a, a job, and I did terribly at this. And it's amazing. I, I've had to be, I had to play Spock 
um, for a uh, for a government industrial ones. And I had to do all this technical speak, but it was an industrial to sell the new insurance that 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 they were going to be using for like the new HMO they were going to have. And I had to, along with doing all the technical speak, had to also get all the technical speak for the insurance correct. And I I can absolutely appreciate why people would want to quit the show because it's just to get it to get the words out the way they're supposed to be gotten is pretty tough. Moogie. I love that though. I find that interesting. Hello, brother. <laughs> Hello, brother. <laughs> um so and by the end of the show, he just kept like all of his stuff was just longer and longer. He'd go, Moogie at the beginning of the show, and by the end of the show it'd be Moogie. Well if you watch him when he when the show starts, he's more like this. Hello, yes, I'm going to profit. And that's the way he sounds and by the end he gets very like I, I like what the actor is able to do with the show. So let me ask you, um, uh, you have season three, but let's, let's jump ahead to when the, when Worf jo- joins the show and it becomes Worf space nine. Um, I <laughs> uh, did, did you like what? I mean, so, so give me your, th- cause you were very vocal on it. Like you were disappointed. Tell me why you were, di- I, let's just get to it. Why were you disappointed in the show? Uh, well, I mean for Worf, I, you know what? I liked it because in, in next gen, from what I remember, uh, Worf had it pretty hard, actually. Um, I remember seeing something on YouTube where it's just him getting berated, like, all the time. Like, him making a suggestion and other people saying, No, Worf, that's stupid. Fuck off. I don't think they said that, but um, I'm paraphrasing. So, you know, this was this was an opportunity to see uh, Worf uh, more Klingon-like, and I think they, they delved into that uh, character very well, actually, um, especially with his interactions with Dax. Um, so I, I actually appreciated that part of the show. I enjoyed it um, when he was reintroduced into Trek. So you you kind of segued for me to talk about what I didn't enjoy, and yeah. that was a part that I kind of did. So. so so go ahead, let it let it let it fly, man. What's why when I say the show is up there with Buffy and Angel, when I say that the DS9 is probably my favorite show of all time, why am I wrong? Because you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You are wrong. I find that so often so. true. <laughs> so I mean, how you got to the end of season seven, and and what what are your thoughts? Give us like give us your rundown. What like if you had to say the just, good was, and the bad about the show? I was let down. I I you know I see the 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 tons of uh, starships like getting into battle and stuff, and they're only like brief little clips of things getting blown up and. Every other episode, it's like an entire fleet is wiped out where I was still in awe that there was a fleet to begin with. And it just never went anywhere. And the last episode, I was I was disappointed. I I mean, the last shot was nice and, you know, everybody had a kind of, you know, tied up nice little ending. But I wanted to see some type of conclusion, not just that, oh, life is going to carry on on DS9 like nothing happened. I that bugged me. That bugged me because I invested a lot of time. I invested seven seasons into the show um, consecutively, um, sometimes with some sleepless nights because, again, I had nothing better to do. And uh, all I got out of it was, you know, a uh, 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 Grand Nagas Zek impersonation and a Captain Sisko impersonation, which for me is, is <laughs> I mean, literally, that's what he would do in between everything that he would try to, to try to say. You know, I, I, I am so... I, that's that's all I got. I mean, <laughs> but if you if you rewatch it's it, it's real to me. It's in my mind. <laughs> no, it's, it, it, 
It's in my mind. <laughs> Everything was. <laughs> I totally sound like a lemur humping a leg or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I look. I, I, Alexia, jump. Well, let me ask you yeah. what you what when you say that it you didn't get what you wanted. Like, I mean. What did you think would happen other than like life would go on? Like when you when you say that, like I, I what did thought, you want the end game to be? I thought there was gonna be some type of conclusion as to what the heck was going on in the the temple and uh, you know, what Cisco's role was, but instead he just disappears and we don't know when he's coming back. But they leave it on a point where he's building a model for a house. He bought some land, he's gonna settle down. I kinda wanted a happy ending for him. So I didn't really get that. We don't know that he comes back. Um, and it just kind of left on a very somber note with, uh, you know, Jake and, uh, uh, you know, Colonel Kira, because it wasn't Major Kira anymore. Colonel Kira just, you know, looking out the window all depressed. Minor Kira. <laughs> Minor <laughs> Kira. <laughs> no, that's the hot one. <laughs> Woo! Whoa. 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 <laughs> Daniel Ross coming to a middle school near you. <laughs> <laughs> In my truck with no windows. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, by the time I was midway through the show, I'm like, oh, my God, everything is going to get an episode. There's an episode where the, the Ferengis are unionizing at the at the bar and and the guy and Nog, not Nog. Uh, what's the brother's Rom. name? Rom, Rom has an ear infection. That was the whole fucking episode. And I was like, what's going to be next? An entire episode about Morn? Oh, look what just happened. Who mourns for Morn? Go figure. So by that point, I was just like, oh, my God, please pick up show. Please have something interesting. You didn't have any love for the characters that like that was fun for you. Like, because like, I honestly I like I that did. delighted me. The Morn, the Morn episode kind of delighted me because he's always there. I like, think... and you never actually hear him speak or interact. And I was like, that's so cool that they like actually are acknowledging that Morn was like a big deal. <laughs> I loved it. Well, you know, it was fine, but it was like, that's the one character that's always been in the background. You you see him just wandering around and that was kind of the point of the character. So to give him an entire episode, it just didn't, it didn't sit well with me. It was fun. It was a fun episode, but I was waiting for more story arc. I was waiting for more substance out of the show and it was just more episodic, you know, Let's think about something else we can do. What can we do today? Let's talk about the transporters. Let's, All right, well, let's do another I, mirror universe. Fuck it. All right. Well, let's let's be Smiley. clear. So, so we are we are wa watching this show, and yeah, I'm not saying there haven't been shows that were that had story arcs and stuff in the past before this show, but like they, I I hold Buffy and I hold Buffy and Angel up uh, and Lost along with it. Um, as shows that that the point of the show was to drive you forward, always forward, always forward, moving to the next thing. And it worked well with Buffy. That's why you could always have, you know, you could have seven seasons of Buffy and yet there are characters that you didn't get to hear from all that much. Um, and Angel, you know, essentially had five main characters and you and that and that was then. But if you go if you go back to when DS9 started in 1992, um, Cheers is still on the air. And that's I'm. Mean, this is sort of like if you look at the 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 paradigm for Cheers, especially if you look like if you look Cheers versus Frasier, which Frasier 
kind of started two years after DS9, and you can see a separation of the way the two shows are made. Cheers is you're in a place and you're exploring every facet of the place, every side character, everything that happens. One's about Sam, one's about Woody, one's about it's just you know that's. And by the time you get to Frasier, you've pared down your cast, you've pared down uh, what it is, and you're basically centering around Frasier and Niles, and that's kind of the show. And it's more. The, it's 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 this different way of telling stories and i think that up to this point and it had worked well for next gen it was just sort of a let's stay there and and explore every facet i think that 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 what you're seeing i think is is the beginning the stuff that you like is the stuff that at the time was groundbreaking and new and when i was watching it for the first time i was very like i'd never seen anything like that I had never seen a show where you got to the point where you stopped even saying last time on DS9 because it would just take too long. Like you, like it was, I had come from next gen where it was just, you can watch the episodes of next gen, most of them completely out of order and, and it won't matter. Um, where on DS9, it has to go in a certain order. And I think that you like, I think the problem you're having is the aspects of it that are Star Trek. Um, I mean, I guess, but I, I still enjoyed the, the, the Trek parts of it. And, and, you know, there were some throwbacks to, you know, other, uh, you know, Trek episodes, next gen and, you know, the original series. And, you know, I appreciated that stuff. It didn't bother me. It was just the, the way that the storytelling was done, I think eventually just started to wear on me until season seven, where it just became episode after episode after episode of just escalating the, 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 the tension and going forward and, you know, leading to the ultimate conclusion. And, you know, for the most part, I was pretty satisfied with it. I, I was excited for the next episode. Yeah. Once where, once Kira gets on Cardassia, it's just there no more filler at this point. Kira's on Cardassia, and from that moment, it's just like eight or nine episodes of just yeah, yeah. No, that was that was really good stuff. I yeah, I mean that at that point, I I was enjoying the series much more than I was you know during the beginning and during the middle, and uh, you know overall, it had its moments. It had its moments, but uh, I I was left overall kind of disappointed. I, I I actually felt like Enterprise to me was more interesting. Oof. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh. Wow. I'm sorry. I mean, I know oh. the last episode was crap <laughs> and Fat Riker was kind of funny, but uh, you know, I I I have to say, in terms of Trek, I I think I enjoyed Enterprise a little bit more. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. Throwing. What up. I think is interesting, oh. you know, you were you were saying that you that you didn't like. Um, the episodic nature on, on DS nine. Um, and you like, so you were more interested once it was like, we're actually pushing this story forward. And we've got this arc that we're following. And I know that they had an arc at enterprise, but like, I feel like there was plenty of episodes that really weren't like, I feel like in a lot of ways, the reason I liked enterprises, it reminded me a lot of the original series. Any, any of the DS nine like, episodes that I really enjoyed started with last time on deep space nine. Those were the ones that I really enjoyed, where they would leave it on a cliffhanger because they had more story to tell. I guess you know, living. Do you, do living you think with the that that's? I'm sorry. Do you think that that's because you just didn't like you you weren't into the space station? Like, because I noticed when I was watching Deep Space, like when I when I started watching Deep Space Nine and having had original series and the next gen, I'm like, I was like, they're just going to be on this space station. Well, like, that that's when they introduced the Defiant, so that they could get them off the space station. 
So right, like, and I definitely felt like they felt like they they realized that they're like, okay, well, there's and that's there's a really badass shit. We can do Let's on just space call station. it out. The the defiant is pretty fucking cool. Well, yeah, for the first episode, it's yeah. introduced, and then like later on, it's like, oh yeah, it's not that powerful. <laughs> really? Yeah, I honestly, yeah, I lost enchantment with the defiant pretty quickly as well. Like it was like when they fir- finally introduced a ship, I was like, it's about fucking time. Can we get yeah, off they, the station they now? Blow the shit up, and but, then they're like, here's an exactly identical ship, and you can call it whatever you want. Oh, hey, how about we call it the defiant? <laughs> I will say this the show pulls its punches I will say that until that that I would have been and you know Alexia doesn't like that I think this way but um, if Dax died I don't think we needed a new Dax necessarily that, yes that when was the, the when, the, when the Defiant was destroyed we didn't need a new Defiant when Cisco died we didn't need to find out at the end no he didn't really die um, like I feel like every time the show was about to pull a Joss Whedon or or what or what you know next gen did so wonderfully with Yar because it does pull a Joss Whedon. Um, I'm nodding profusely right um, now. Uh, every time that it gets you with a, wow that just happened within two episodes they're like not really and even then like with uh, with Esri, um, there were so many flashback things and so many things where she's looking at her previous se- uh, self and in the final episode the flashbacks. Where's Jadzia? She's gone. Okay, the actress probably had a, a contract that was up, but it was like, she's not even a part of the show anymore. And that disappointed me because she was such oh, a too. heavy part of the show for a long time. And then oh, she's just gone, even in memories. Yeah, fuck her. You know? And, and I Yeah, that really felt like a slap in the face to me, too. Now, I, I have an observation. This is completely off topic, but what were the the warlike aliens that wore the masks towards the end of season seven? The Breen. The Breen. Okay. Observation here. Isn't that the same character Princess Leia was <laughs> in disguise at Jabba's palace? <laughs> Please tell me I'm wrong, J.J. Abrams. This is the fault of hibernation sickness. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Okay. So I'm not the I, only one. I hope that one of them was holding a thermal detonator. <laughs> I just want to go like frame by frame through the show and see if at one point like one's just holding a little thermal detonator and that'd be pretty funny. Um uh at the so so in conclusion um regarding DS9 uh you've seen most of next gen. You've seen Enterprise. Yes. You've seen the original series. I've seen all of Star Trek but when I was really young. So so the whole point was kind of, you know, going back and seeing it with adult eyes. And it was different for me. It was very, very different. Um, I, I still remember being a kid and, and, you know, sitting with the family at the TV watching the first episode of Next Gen. I still remember that. Um, but it's very different. I rewatched the first episode and I took it a completely different way. So I have to go back and rewatch uh, Next Gen. I have to go back and watch the original series. And, you know come up with my own conclusions but from what i've seen so far i mean it's trek i like trek um as a whole ds9 was not the best tv i've ever seen but when it was good oh boy was it good um that that episode with with tony todd i mean i it brought me to tears and i don't cry frequently so uh, that impressed me I, I would I, I'm going to have to jump in and say that I think that if you were to take the 10 best DS9 episodes, um, I don't think that ne- I don't think any series could match it. I think that if you were to take the top three, 
DS9 episodes, I think the top three uh, next-gen episodes are probably better. But I don't think that... Okay, no. Now, I, I have to jump in here. Which, which Alexia, which do you think was worse? The last episode of DS9, the last episode of Enterprise, or the last episode of Lost? <laughs> wow. That's... That's... Oof. You know, honestly, it's it's kind of tied, I feel like, with Enterprise and Lost. Lost, though, I'm, I'm going to go with Enterprise largely because it was such a betrayal. Like, Lost, at least, like, I, I felt like, this is fucking stupid. That's really the fucking explanation you're going to give me? And, really? and And to be granted, like, at least for me with Lost, I w- only got angry at the last episode of Lost afterward while i was watching it i was all sniffly and this is so good and then (laughs) wait what happened to all the answers yeah i know it took me about like like when when the when the show ended i was like that was a spiritual experience i can't that was amazing what a fun and i became a defender of the last episode of lost took me about six months to finally jump in and go you know it was kind of a bait and switch the entire final season of lost it's like as i put my penis away that's when i was like huh i feel cheated a little bit, yeah. Like so, I while I didn't like the explanation they gave me in Lost, and I thought it was a fucking complete cop out. Like at least it was an explanation, and it and was like, and it was emotionally satisfying. You know, I like, no, no, it really, really wasn't. Not for me. No, uh, it was for like me. there was literally nothing satisfying about it, other than I now knew what their end game was, uh, and you, was you see for pitifully. For, for me, just seeing Sawyer get Juliet back and seeing uh, seeing Charlie again and seeing like like see, I mean that that stuff that stuff I really dug. But again, I think for me or you know for anybody just in general, if you're a Doctor Who fan, if you get like the TARDIS vibrator and watch the last episode, it would probably be better for you because you're gonna have a geekgasm either way. Um, but the final episode of, of Enterprise, yeah, I I don't think that, that's an easy question. I think it's one of the worst final episodes of any show in the Ever. history like, of shows. It's such, it's such a complete betrayal. Well, like as no, bad no, as, you know, I, as I, it, I don't know. What about the end of Roseanne? <laughs> That'll fuck you up. I don't you remember up. the end of Roseanne. <laughs> Everything you've seen is a lie. I hate you. It's the end of my show. Um, the point at which Enterprise pissed me off at the final episode was when uh, Troy said, and then we have to speak to Captain... Picard, like, why don't you just call him Picard or Jean-Luc or Captain? Why do you have to call him Captain Picard? Well, I mean, it's it's yeah. funny. I was well, they, they, because they're assuming like, and here's the thing too. Like, the reason that I think that was such a bad last episode and worse, like, because DS Nine was like, it was more of a, and this is the episode, like, it was the Family Ties two parters, you know, where they would just like, and this is where we use all of the stuff that we had from the past because we really don't have a lot to finish with. Well, like. At least that was, like, memories. And aside from the fact that they completely shafted Jadzia, like, mostly it was like you kind of went down memory lane and got to remember why you loved everybody and how they got here. And 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 there were good battles and there were good, I mean, stuff happened. I'm just, but I'm just saying, like, largely, like, that part of it. Like, it's like, okay, fine. But, like, when they did it on Enterprise, it was like they didn't even give them their own space. Like it wasn't even like they got to do their own last episode. They don't even get me started on what they did a trip. Like I don't even acknowledge it. Like in my brain, that shit did not happen. And they, 
they betrayed the the audience to some extent, I feel like, like treating us like we're stupid, like what you were just talking about. Like, why do we have to say Captain Picard? Who the fuck is watching Enterprise and, and doesn't I, know who Captain Picard is? I tell you Come something. On. I could have forgiven the last episode of Enterprise had they followed through with the celebration for Captain Archer. Had they gone through with him receiving a medal or whatever, giving his speech, finishing whatever it was that happened on that day, I could have forgiven all the next-gen stuff. Well, if I, just I, that happened. Here's the thing. There, I, I have to admit, while although even while I was watching it, I had a problem with it. There was a certain... I liked seeing Riker and Troy in the old ruddy room. I liked seeing the old sets lit the old way. I li- like that. I, like that was a nice trip down memory lane. But the other day I watched the episode, uh, the next gen episode, the Pegasus. And, and I showed this to, to, to um, Alexia, like at one point when she finished the show, what, what Riker looked like in the episode, the Pegasus, what Troy looked like in the episode, the Pegasus and the idea that those two people, those two clearly 15 year older people are the same people. I just, the, the conceit on its own. I didn't, they dig. ate the Pegasus. I mean, why not? Why not just say they're <laughs> on the fucking Titan? Why not just like, how fun is that? Like if you're, if you are going to make it a flashback, if you're going to do the exact same thing, why not just go, by the way, here's Riker and Troy on the Titan show what that looks like. Give us just a little hint of what that's like. And that you know, might, you know, the hollow suite does add 25,000 pounds and, and 15 years and gray hair. Um, it just, it just was, uh, yeah, but that's another another story for another day. Um, you know what I think is interesting? I think if they, what I think is really interesting is that I think if they were to do that now, like if they were to do this flashback episode situation now, they probably would have had the technology plus the makeup to actually not make it look like they were 15 years older. Uh, but don't forget, I that that, is, I, don't forget that Marina Sirtis forgot how to play Troy. So well, there that, is that. That's neither here nor there. Let's not even talk about that. I'm just saying like techno- technologically and like filmmaking speaking. Like I, the reason I say that is I, I, like I told you, I've recently been watching American Horror Story and they're in the first season. They've got Jessica Lang, who's looking good. I say for her age, she's a beautiful lady and fucking so talented. But like they actually show flashbacks um, in that show of her when she was younger and it's really miraculous like like she definitely looks like 20 years younger and you're like wow like and it doesn't look false and it doesn't you know what i mean well ever like, since so ever like since like, it now they could have done it right yeah ever since x3 i think that was the first time i saw that they could really do that is is de-age someone and what I loved about American Horror Story was that it was such a great show until it ends until it ends with the Christmas special. Alexia knows what I'm talking about. Listeners know what I'm talking about. Clearly, we'll have to talk about that part later. Yeah. So, uh, so listen, um, we're coming to a close of our special episode. The whole point, of, the, the whole point of the million episodes that we're getting this week of of Trek Off is: listen, we're making a movie. Daniel's making it with us. Alexia's making us with us. Paul Sieber's making it with us. Vicky Parks is making it with us. It's Trek Off. We're the, making it with everybody. It's it's Trek Off the motion picture. <laughs> oh, can we, we? We got we got two days left. We got a couple hundred bucks more. We got to make. Um, we need a couple extra bucks to you know clean the semen out of the hollow suite. Oh my gosh. <laughs> our new tagline buckets of hollow cum um, uh, so so you asked me to be on the show yeah i know i did i knew what i was getting um 
Uh, so listen, if, if you enjoy the show, um, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, we ju- I just released all my albums you can get for, or not all of them, like five of them for, for 15 bucks. You can get our- Which start- if I could say, like you guys, seriously, they're really good. Like, and Thank you know, you. I don't like to shower affection on Justin, but he's a very talented musician Thank and you. songmaker. And, and I really think that you would enjoy getting to hear that stuff. You would be like pleasantly surprised, be like, damn, Justin, really? I'm just saying. Ju- cool. Justin is a talented motherfucker, but I will tell you this. Really? If you guys donate so that we can make this this gosh darn movie, um, do it for me. Don't do not do it for <laughs> Justin. Just d- don't do it for the albums. Don't do not do it for more Stephen Colbert uh, YouTube videos. Just do it for me. Let, sh- show them that you're happy that I'm here on Trek Off. And maybe, just maybe, they'll invite me back. Ooh. <laughs> uh, you're always welcome, sir. You're always welcome. But for today, my name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. And? And my name is Grand Nigger Zach. Trek off. Trek off, bitches. <laughs> You are listening to the Geeks Radio Internet Radio Network at geeksradio.com, home of Trek Off, the Not Safe for Work Star Trek podcast, Pop Off, where we geek out on comics, movies, and TV shows that are the superstars of geek culture, Podcast Who, the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper, Ninjas vs. You, the official podcast of the Ninjas vs. Trilogy, and Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood, two regular guys trying to make it in Tinseltown. All of this is available for you for free by going to Geeks Radio radio.com or searching geeks radio on itunes geeks radio is a presentation of endlight entertainment